Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Okay, the Colts embarrassed themselves yesterday. They embarrassed their fans in Cincinnati. 34-14 to 14 route. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer over there with a special guest to break it all down for us. Kevin Bowen is with 107.5 The Fan. He's part of the morning show, The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. So, KB, the Colts were rolling. Everybody was believing in Minshew magic. Some of the wins weren't pretty, but they found a way to get the W. Yesterday, it felt like all of that came crashing back to earth. Oh, it did. One offensive touchdown and just a bad, bad offensive performance. What did you see? Yeah, I thought it was the worst performance of the season, guys. I really don't think there's much argument at all. Um, Really, because every phase, uh, major culprit, I mean, you could point to start the offense and the inability to establish any run game. And I, I just thought the O-line, which is what you're you know, supposedly built upon, you know, really struggled. This is a Bengals defense that was, I think, second to last in the league in run defense and pass defense. Entering the game, uh, your own defense, um, no pass rush whatsoever against the backup quarterback, Jake Browning, with the highest quarterback rating of anybody in week 14. Uh, just an inability to recognize the screen game, stop the screen game, all of that. Um, and then, you know, lastly, uh, you, you, you got to point to the special teams. And Matt Gay has been you know, arguably your best, uh, most reliable player all season long. He misses two kicks inside of 40. He had a huge penalty that extended a drive on a field goal. And then to kind of put the cherry on top, uh, you fumble a, a, a punt late when, you know, one of Isaiah McKenzie's teammates runs into him. So, uh, everybody at fault, Shane Sykin on down, and now your playoff margin has shrunk considerably, and I cannot stress how important Saturday against Pittsburgh is for the team. Okay, so I'm going to probably freak people out just a little bit. I'm going to be the positive one here, oh. because I know it was a rough weekend for Colts and Pacer fans alike, and we'll talk Pacers in just a moment, but if the Colts can take care of Pittsburgh... In Indy on Saturday, which, let's be honest, it might sound like a Steelers home game in there, but (laughs) Colts are here against the Steelers on a short week. If they can win that, I'm looking at the teams ahead of them, KB. It's kind of a round robin. They're going to beat the crap out of each other. Somebody's got to lose. Colts are still very much in this thing, and if you would have told me at the beginning of the year... We'd be on the radio on December 11th talking about holding your own destiny for a playoff run. I think we'd all take that. Certainly, yeah. I, I think that's a fair point to make. At first, I was a little nervous there. You spinning it positively. I was wondering <laughs> what you got into this weekend. I'm still um, drunk from Vegas, Kevin. <laughs> you know, there is an element of, like, just look at Houston and Pittsburgh specifically. Pittsburgh has lost back-to-back games against you know, 10 lost teams in New England and Arizona. Uh, Houston yesterday loses to the Jets. They also lost to Carolina earlier in the year. So I do think the Colts, you know, in that four-game win streak, um, you know, there's an element of just because bad teams are in front of you doesn't mean that other teams take care of those bad teams in the NFL. So certainly they are in a position that, you know, I thought seven wins at the start of the year. Well, four weeks ago, they already got seven wins. And I probably was on the high end, honestly, of, of, of what a lot of people thought. So, yes, there is certainly that. I think the disappointment yesterday is, you know, Cincinnati was coming off a short week. It was a backup quarterback. And, again, to get outclassed in every single facet, you know, some of those are not, you know, directly related to a loss of Anthony Richardson or not having Johnson Taylor. And, obviously, Cincinnati doesn't have Joe, Joe Burrow. 
Um, but, you know, everything is right in front of them, and they're going to continue to have a very manageable schedule down the stretch. And really, if they win Sunday, they'd really have to kind of fall on their face, I think, the rest of the way not to make the playoffs. Kevin Bowen, 107.5, the fan here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, talking about that embarrassing Colts loss to Cincinnati. I saw you on the pregame show on Wish, doing a great job. What's it like for you as a guy to have to go and interact with the, the players who just got their butts beat, uh, just got absolutely embarrassed? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's a pretty easy gig going in the locker room after the game and asking questions after a win. But after a loss like that, it's got to be pretty tough for you as uh, somebody that is covering the Colts to ask questions. What's that like for you? Yeah, it, it certainly is a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. um, now, I, I, I do think for the most part, and I don't, I can't speak for all, you know, thirty-one other teams, but I, I, I do think the Colts have a lot of guys in that locker room that they understand there is kind of just a level of professionalism that they got to answer the questions. And you know, some of the guys that I mentioned earlier, you know, Matt Gaze, Air Franklin, Bernard Ryman, DeVorce Buckner. I mean, some of the guys that did speak yesterday or even today, I think all of them have kind of, you know, certainly taken the high road of, you know, we just we got outplayed uh, individually, uh, team-wise, unit-wise, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, there was not blaming of the officials, even if there were kind of a few questionable calls yesterday during that game. So I do think there was the right approach post-game of um, this was on us, you know, to get out, score 20 nothing in the second half, you know, lose by three scores. I mean, honestly – if you want to boil down the 60 minutes of football yesterday, the Colts really were the better team for about two or three minutes. That was it. I mean, there was that little stretch there late in the first half, yeah. and then they just got you know thoroughly outplayed the rest of the way. So I think guys you know, have handled it the right way, and now we'll see how they respond on a short week and what's going to be such a big one on Saturday. So, KB, let's shift to the Pacers. Pacers lost to the Lakers in the in-season tournament championship out in Vegas. Man, I went out there. I had a great time, and i got to be honest with you. The thing that I love that this in-season tournament has done for the Indiana Pacers, it's reinvigorated a fan base. Because when I went out there, I thought it would be 90 to 10, you know, Lakers fans to Pacers fans ratio. I mean, it was still a Lakers home game. I would say it was probably 70 to 30, 70% Laker fans, 30% Pacer fans. But the Pacer fans there were loud, you know, were high-fiving each other. Everybody's yelling, boom, baby. There's no such thing as a bandwagon Pacers fan. So these guys were all legit. And even though they lost, I thought this whole in-season tournament thing was really good for the Pacers. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. I, I think just a roaring success. Much needed, frankly, for the franchise. Much needed for this current rebuild as well. Um, you know, it's kind of jarring to even say it, but, you know, when you think about it, Hammer, it's been nine years since this franchise has won a playoff series. Mm. Um, it's been six years since they've won a playoff game, you know, period. The last two times they are in the playoffs, they were swept. They've lost nine straight playoff games. So, you know, w- w- when you consider the history of, of the Pacers. I mean, we're not used to that. No one is, whether you're, you know, whatever, a little bit younger than me, a little bit older than me. I mean, like nobody is used to that for this franchise. And I think you've reached a point in this rebuild to where you've got a good chunk of the core in place. There can still be some tweaks and they still have some room to make substantial changes if they want to, but there are a lot of pieces that you obviously hope to grow with. Well, now it's time to experience moments like, you know, you had in Vegas or what last Monday was inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse of, Playoff intensity, playing high-level teams, the one-and-done feel to it of you win or you go home, and how you react to that. And, you know, for the most part, the Pacers reacted really, really darn well 
uh, to it throughout this tournament. You know, I kind of compared it to an NCAA tournament field. Like, you know, the Pacers are kind of like the five or six seed that gets hot in the NCAA tournament and gets all the way to the championship game. That's, that's kind of how I'm now looking at it. Now the question becomes, you know, can you bottle it up? Can you continue it through the rest of the season? And certainly, you know, hopefully get back into the playoffs come April and May. But uh, unquestionably, this is something that uh, the organization needed, the fan base needed. And I think they're going to feel the effects of this for a long, long time. Now, hopefully they don't blow that tonight by losing to an awful Detroit team that's <laughs> lost like 18 or 19 games in a row or something, because uh, this is a bad spot, honestly, for the Pacers. Uh, man, watching that game, though, it became reality that Pacers have nothing to offer inside. Anthony Davis just had his way with the Indiana Pacers. Um, None of the draft picks or young guys are able to muscle up a good, legit NBA big just yet. Do they need to make a move, Kevin? Yeah, I I think if you're going to live a little bit in kind of the short term, okay, what do you need to do to get better in April? I do think something in kind of that four or five man range, more defensive minded, more rebounding minded. I mean, the Lakers just dominated the paint. The Lakers hit what, like one or two threes in the entire game? Right. That is, you know, astonishingly bad for an NBA team. And yet they just own the Pacers down low. I thought for how well Miles Turner played uh, against the Bucs, he was equally as bad on on Saturday. I didn't think Buddy Heald or. um, uh, Bruce Brown and the other veteran starters helped you out. But that is an area, you know, I, I know Jalen Smith has been banged up and his return, you know, should be somewhat soon. But still, I don't know if he, you know, you know hey, that's the guy moving forward to kind of help you out there. Uh, they, you know, let Daniel Tice go a couple weeks ago. Jarris Walker, the rookie, the top 10 pick, uh, has still really not found any sort of consistent role with the NBA team just yet. So I do think if you are going to kind of look in the, okay, what do you need to help you out right now? That is key. I also think one benefit is there's not a lot of teams like the Lakers and the East. The East is a little bit more, yes, you have the Sixers, but the East is a little bit more perimeter-oriented. So does that play into the Pacers' favor? Probably. Uh, But still, I think if you're going to try and kind of round out your group for the here and now, uh, you got a couple draft picks, trade deadline in a couple months. That is something I think you you could explore. Where can we get more coverage? Yeah, 107.5 The Fan. A lot of people ask me, okay, what are the playoff standings, tiebreakers? What's at stake on Saturday? Head to our website, 107.5 The Fan. Got an article up on that. And then the morning show every single morning, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. over on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Kevin Bowen, KB from 107.5 The Fan. Kevin, thanks so much. We'll talk again next Monday. You bet, guys. Have a good one. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.